to Y'all We Read It, the podcast where me and my best friend are reading young adult novels. That's it. That's the podcast. My name is Laura Petro, and I'm one of your hosts. My name is Mikey Gates, and I'm the other host. We did it. Introduction done. Fumbled the ball last week. Here this week. <laughs> hey, this week we came to play. That is true. To be fair, every week we come to play. There's just some weeks we play better than others, much like a sports team. And this week is all about ploy, because... Boy, they are going back into the arena. They're going to have to play. They're going to have to ball the hardest they've ever balled in their life. (laughs) Picture us being the announcers for the Hunger Games, being like, "Uh uh-oh, looks like District 1 balled a little too close to the sun and was dunked by his competitor and was drowned immediately. That's so funny that that's where your brain went because I said in the I was thinking in the training center I would love if one of the sections was Danny Ortega and there's like a choreographed number between the tributes in the arena. Out of all of the sections in training, it's like you know camouflage and traps, <laughs> dance choreo, High School Musical. Um, what is it? Oh, flash mob. They're yeah. Like, okay, flash mob dance. Um, the Capitol will let you have a five minute head start if every time you see a tribute you guys do a flash mob dance. That'd be so funny. That'd be Whoever terrible. scores the highest in Flash Mob gets a secret advantage when the games start. Ah, uh, yes, my years of DDR <laughs> have finally paid off. Oh, uh, well, listeners, if you haven't guessed, we're reading The Hunger Games. And if you double haven't guessed, you've caught us for the part two of Catching Fire, which is the second book and also the best book in the trilogy. And we will die on this hill for the rest of our lives. They are, and we will. We love dying, and we love going back into the arena. Much like the tributes, we love to die. <laughs> we love dying. And this this uh, picks up right after they just learned that they are going back in, and there's a quote from Katniss that I fucking love about the situation, saying that victims are the only embodiment, victors are the only embodiment of hope if there is one. We survived and are rich from poverty, and this has now proved even hope is an illusion. Yeah, damn. Honestly, I like this book the most. I think we both do because this is the book where Katniss really like finds out who she is. Yeah. In the, in the book, in the first book, she knew she had no sense of self. We all knew it. In this book, she's finally like realizing like what it means to rebel and like who she is and the type of person she wants to be. It is great. She it's f- nice. She figures out a lot in this arena. Question. We'll get there before we get again. Yes. Knowing everything we know about this series, do you think Katniss is a good uh, visionary for the rebellion? Well, that's, that's a deep question. That's a great question. You know, because it's hard. We get things filtered through her point of view. Whereas yeah. if we were watching her on TV, how far, um, how, how she has presented so far is so different. different. Yeah. And especially because it's like she doesn't know what she's doing half the time. If I saw her on TV and all you see her filtered through is this girl who has a love story, wants to save this guy twirls in her interviews but in, like I, I can kill with a bow and arrow though can ki- oh yeah that is true because we did see that on television i guess that is true i i but i never view her as like a killer like i never view her as yeah hard, so i would not view her as the face of a rebellion like yes she can kill but she's very soft counter question is there somebody else in this series that you think would be a better face for the rebellion Oh, man, that's hard. That's a hard question. I'm sorry. I popped quizzed so much in this first episode. Honestly. Uh, Second episode of the second I would want to say Finnick. Um, But I think that Finnick, I don't, there's something, like, that's not quite there. Yes. And Joanna is way too um, isolating. Yes. God. So maybe Hamish isn't attractive enough. Hamish is smart. Because she really wants PETA to be the face. She um, says that to Hamish over and over. We yeah. gotta save PETA. PETA is the best talker. He can unionize the districts. Yeah. He can organize. But he PETA's can do it. too soft. He's too soft. He can't. He Maybe can't there is no good kill. face of the revolution, and that's the moral here. Maybe there isn't. I don't know. Maybe there isn't. You never expect the president to be a president. I don't know. <laughs> people, people run to be president, Maggie. <laughs> Well, sometimes I'm like, this one? You're like, really? This person made it that far? You're stuck with them for four years. Yeah. Been there. Just like a relationship. Been there. That is true. (laughs) Both of our partners listening to that being like, what did they mean by that? What do they mean by being stuck with someone for four years? If this, if you guys listen to our podcast, if we're just now figuring out our partners listen to our podcast, thank you. Hey. And also, we love you guys. You should bring up the fact that we have great jokes more often. And you should also rate your podcast five stars. You should get your friends to too. Yeah, get a you pen guys, and paper. 
should come in on this podcast and pretend to be Maggie and I. First for one episode, and we'll just see if anyone notices. We will know that our partners listen to our podcast when they whip out a pen and a paper and they write down every compliment about how we did in yeah. our 40 minutes. I want him, I want, I want my boyfriend to timestamp the podcast and be like, five minutes and 13 seconds, you made a really great joke about... I am, like, too nervous to ask Anna to do this because she would be like, okay, I'll do that, and then I will also get a print of you guys recording, and I'm like, you don't need to go above and beyond. No, we want, I I told you what I wanted, and that's it. Um, anyway, diving in, Katniss immediately goes over to Hamish, and Hamish is drinking, being like, bitch, you're crazy. Peter was already here, and I would love to hear your argument about why I should or should not go into the arena. Yeah, because apparently people have way too high of expectations for Katniss. She goes off for a little bit and finds herself in another abandoned Victor's Village house, and before realizing, oh shit, Peta's probably gonna go in to protect me too. Yeah, and so she tries to basically go and plead with Hamish, being like, Peta has to be stay alive, and um, they basically come to an agreement that Katniss is like, okay, Peter's gonna go in. We know Peter's gonna go in, but I'm obviously going in. But we work together, you and I, to keep him alive. Yeah, she flounders on her words for a little bit. Yeah. And Hamish is trying to figure out what he is there for. Or yeah. she is there for. And he's like, you're gonna ask me to go in, aren't you? And she's like, you know what? Maybe it should be you. You hate life. And he feels very sad, I very touching, but he feels obligated to save Peter since he didn't do it last time. And... Katniss is like, all right, well, let's drink. And yeah. they drink. And they drink. And uh, Gail, at this time, also, you know, apologized to her, being like, hey, we should have gone to the woods when we had the chance. And, like, this is where we realize, like, their relationship, as it was, really can never be a thing. Because, like, there are always two ships passing in the night. Yeah. Gail represents everything Katniss could have had if she was never called into the arena. Yeah, and that's it. And that's It's not a love triangle. Effect. It's a love... Um, Situation. It's a love gone bye-bye. Yeah, it's a love gone bye-bye. The age-old idiom for it. Exactly. <laughs> um, And then, you know, Peter comes in, also says, hey, alcohol, also going bye-bye. Yeah, Peter's freaking had it with the par- pity party. And yeah. it is also important to note right here that this is when we learned that the last reaping, not even the games, the last reaping was only nine months ago. Yeah, because like we said, quarter curl coming hot so she early this year. So probably has only been um, reflecting on the games, hanging out in the district for, like, seven months. Yeah, that's insane. Which really sucks. And PETA, hardball now, is saying, here's the new strategy. We are going to train to win. And they they all oblige. They start training. Everybody gets stronger and faster. Gail helps them train, uh, which is awkward, as we would have imagined it to be. It is. It takes Hamish a while to get into shape because he drinks all the time, but they start learning combat skills, throwing knives, um, climbing trees, and Gail is teaching them survival techniques, and it's like, it really sucks. It would have been easier if PETA was easier to hate. Yeah. But... And uh, And he goes, okay, well, where would we have been if he was? And then it's just like, there's no answer, because we don't know. Because that's not even a thing we can think about because we're going into the games. There's no time. Peacemakers arrive, so there's more police. Yep, and the reaping does happen. And it goes by so quickly. Oh, it's not... It's It's, it's like even a sentence. It's just like, yep, PETA volunteers for Hamish. I go in. Which I love at this point. They are so desensitized to violence, which This book captures their, like, trauma so well without explicitly stating, like, I'm traumatized. Like, it is written through the eyes of people who've experienced just the worst things. They don't let them say goodbye yeah, to their families. because Katniss had this entire plan that she's like, I want to tell Gail that I did love him. I'm not sure how, but I want him to know that. And they don't get goodbye. So she doesn't actually get to, like, f- throw that just ship away. No, however she left it with Gail, Prim, her mom, everyone it's is there. how she left it. And, yeah, throughout, like, this entire situation where it's just, like, when we read it the first time in book one, it was, like, it was all so new. It was all so jarring because they were so not used to it. And, like Maggie said, it's so desensitized. There's just a general emptiness. And Effie's being chipper, like, oh, I want us to be a team. And then they have to go and watch the recap of the Reapings. And we are, like, introduced to a few of the other tributes. It is interesting because compared to the first um, games... They are completely devoid of really any human interaction. Yes, they are taken away from their goodbyes. Yeah. But in a way that these two games parallel each other, I mean, later on they get to actually know the tributes better than the ones in the Hunger Games. Yeah. But 
you can feel the disconnect in their lives with the people who live in District 12 now because they're never going to understand. And also, it just feels it feels so locked in their head. Yeah. There's very little human interaction with the people that they actually care about as opposed to in the earlier books. Yeah. Which I really love. Yeah. That's it's a, hard. It's so good. This trilogy is so good. Um, and meanwhile, we also know that she's still sleeping with PETA. I wrote down in my notes here that it's just like, I would love to read The Hunger Games from Hamish's perspective. Oh. I would love to read it from anybody's perspective. These characters are all so good. Yeah. But, like, I would love to know what is going through Hamish's mind half the time because it's just so intelligent. You know what's impressive, too, is she could monopolize this series so much. And yeah. maybe it's better that she didn't. Like, I think that's very respectable. But I want to know... Hamish's games. I want yeah. to know Finnick's story with yeah. Annie. She set up a series she could, that this, could be a goldmine forever. This could be 20 books and I would never get tired. Which is so That's cool. insane. That's so, like, the world she's built in these books that are not even 400 pages each no. is insane. And, you and can, she did it in three books. She did it in two. We're reading two books right now. It's crazy, too, because there is no section and no fluff. And maybe I'll feel different when we reread Mocking yeah. Jay. But, like, even the beginning and setting it up, it does not feel like this was written for a teen. No. Like, this is genuinely a timely, timeless classic. Yeah, this is a, this is a, a great, great book. I had a freaking blast reading it. Ugh. So, Anyway. Are, anyway. I know. They're watching the readings to see who their competition is. Yeah. And in the history of the games, there have been 75 victors and 59 are still alive. District 1 is a brother-sister duo... Which I think is dope. The victor, They were victors two consecutive years in a row. There's Brutus from District 2 who volunteers. He's 40. He can't wait to go in. That's still a pretty prime age. Yeah. You're, hey, you, if you watch the challenge. If you're in your physical physique, your prime, you're probably good. There's Finnick from District 4 who we all oh, know and love. boy. He won 10 years ago at 14 years old. Um, and then Mags also from the District volunteers because Annie... Um, gets called in. This girl, Annie, gets called in, and she is uh, very unwell. Yeah. So Max goes in for her. She's about 80 years old. Joanna Mason from District 7. She is the only living female victor. There's a girl from District 8 who's a 30-year-old with three kids. That was really sad. And they all, yeah, they had to, like, pull the children off of her. Um, District 11, who is Chaff, who's one of Hamish's buddies. And then there's also Cedar, who... Honestly, just sounds like a really hot girl. I imagine yeah. her as Zoe Kravitz. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Um, I wonder who played her in the movie. Was she was she her in the movie? I I don't know. Yeah. They kind of glossed over District 11. Yeah. But they are, they're friends with Hamish, and that right now is the victors that they know. Yes, exactly. And they PETA's also part of a strategy is we're going to watch all the, the games that the, these people won. Yes. Um, the attendant is being really extra nice to them and is like, oh, I noticed you guys can't sleep. Do you want milk and honey? Yeah. And Peter thinks that it is because they are genuinely sad that they are going in because people get attached to victors. You don't... Yeah. This is unnatural. Exactly. This is unheard of. This is not supposed to happen. <laughs> um, well, and uh, one night when Peter and Katniss are going to bed, Katniss makes like the mental note that she's like, she herself has said goodbye to Gail. And I feel like this moment is a really good, like, point and where she we realize she's really truly not the same person anymore um and they decide to watch the quell the quarter quell that Hamish won it's the 50th quell there were twice the amount of victors and we would be remiss to not talk about this quell because this is insane so fucking cool so first off we get Maisa Lee as the female tribute Mm -hmm. and we find out that that is Madge, Katniss's friend, who's the mayor's daughter, Madge's mother's twin, and Katniss is like, oh, that makes sense why Madge's mom is always kind of, like, flighty about everything, because she's probably still traumatized from her sister dying. And we also learned that the Mockingjay pin that Katniss has was once Maisley's. Yeah. The former victor who died. Very yeah, sad. Yeah, very sad. And Hamish obviously called as the boy, boy tribute. In his interview with Caesar, he says he's not worried, though, because despite there being twice the amount of people, he says everyone will still act stupid. So that gets a huge ha-ha. Yeah. And, uh, but honestly, Hamish, we know he's smart. And the arena is described as, like, these beautiful flowers and animal creatures and just, like, lush forest and everything. There's meadows, a, sun, yeah. a snowy mountain. Like, I picture it as, like, almost like a cartoon come to life. 
Yeah, me yeah. too. I did too. And, uh, but we soon learned that everything in there is deadly poisonous from, like, the creatures that, like, attack people to, like, all of the, like, fruits and berries on, like, the shrubs. Like, everything in this place is poison. When they go up, they have about 60 seconds to take in their surroundings, and everyone is so distracted that Hamish grabs all this shit from the cornucopia, and he runs before people go in. And then yeah. 18 people die, and even worse, there's 10 career tributes. Yeah. That are fucking teamed up. And him and Maisily form an alliance, and they, they are rocking it pretty hard, but then they eventually say goodbye because they don't want to have to fight to the death. Yes. At some point, they're, also the mountain turned into a volcano that exploded, yeah. wiped out a dozen tributes, but they say goodbye because he's kind of like hyper fixated on the edge of the arena Yeah, where he can't figure out what is going on. Yeah. Uh, Maisily dies during this time, but he is still dicking around and trying to figure out, like, the, when he throws a rock over it, it come it bounces back. Yeah, it's a it's like a little trampoline force field. It's a trampoline force field. That's great. And yeah, Maisily doesn't get killed by a victor. She gets killed by a bird impaling her neck. So sad. Um, and then eventually it is a one-on-one battle between Haymitch and this girl who I don't remember what district she was from. District one. And it's gruesome. This battle is described gruesomely. Like this girl's eye is like hanging out of its socket and she's wielding an axe. His intestines are falling yeah, out. Yeah, and he's holding his intestines in as he's like leading her to the edge of this uh, trampoline force field. Yes, and he collapses at the same time that she throws her axe, and the axe bounces back and buries itself in her forehead. And that's how Hamish won. And it is interesting, because I think that they cut off, during the footage of it, the end of how it ended, because the capital didn't want to look stupid. This yeah, I, I read it as they, like, edited it to make it look like Hamish had thrown it or something. That's what I was wondering, too. Yeah, and after watching this quell, like, uh, Peta and Katniss are very, like, sodden about it, and they're just, like, Katniss is, like, I finally, like, understand why Hamish is the way he is. Yeah. Um, And I also feel like when she's, like, retelling that, like, kind of anecdote about understanding Hamish, I also feel like she finally understands herself. Oh, yes, yeah. because they are very they They're are very, very similar. similar. They're so similar. Um, but now it's time to, you know, start the ceremony, the chariot ceremony. And like, unlike the first book where we really dove into this, it's once again written by just like as it just quickly, quickly happens. Like, yes. they're all getting ready. Sinna gives her an outfit. And it's this like really cool glowing ember jumpsuit. Yeah, and she also has half of a crown, just like when she was crowned. And yeah. she also has very sharp, dark eye makeup and uh, Sinna tells both her and Peta do, do not interact yeah. with the audience. No smiling, no waiting. Straight like, no forward, waving. don't smile. Yeah. And this is where we have our first one-on-one conversation with Finnick. <gasps> He's eating sugar cubes. He's being a little flirty. Hey. Katniss is being uncomfortable as fuck because it's Katniss. Very charming dude. A lot of women will literally pay for his time and we later learn in Mockingjay what this exactly means. Yeah. And it's very sad. But for now, he's just kind of flirting, and it's he's he's the capital's golden child. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's America's sweetheart essentially. He is. The um, people love him. Um, they get their conversation last a page or two. So, and then we also meet District Eleven's Chaff and Cedar, and Kenneth immediately can't help but being like, "How are they?" And Cedar informs her that Rue and Thresh's family are alive. Yes. And that's a really important detail. We also meet the best person in the world, Joanna Mason. Oh, we love Joanna Mason. And after this chariot ceremony, Joanna, Peta, and Katniss are in the elevator together. And Joanna decides to just, like, take off her dress and get completely naked. And once she gets off, Peta's like, Katniss, everybody's fucking with you because you have a stick up your butt. And she hates it. she hates it. She hates having a stick up her butt. But now is not the time to ignore Peta, though she does. She does for a few days. Yeah. Because when the elevator doors open, she sees um, the peacemaker, Darius, who was from her district and tried to stop Gail from being whipped. He's been turned to his Avox. Um, oh. His tongue's been cut. Not only, not only is Katniss back in the arena, but Katniss is also once again faced with another just like horrible reality that, you know, somebody she was friends with is an Avox. It sucks. Oh, uh, it sucks. 
And Hamish, unlike last time, is like, y'all gotta make friends this time because all these people have won before. They're not like the other tributes from last year. So Peta and her split up. They're at the training place. She bonds a little bit with the two from District 3. Wyrus and Beatty. Wyrus and Beatty. And they point out that there's a force field in front of the game makers now. Yeah. last time she set that aerial. Yeah. And I want to note, it was super weird that not all of the victors go to the training. They said, like, only half of them showed up. Yeah. Which I was like, damn, are the people seeing this as a death sentence? Or do they just not give a shit? And we'll never know. know and we'll never know. Um, but also during this like uh, exchange with Virus and Beatty, um, Kitten is like kind of like drops a hint of like basically being like, "Is there an uprising?" But like without saying that literally. Yeah. And they basically hint that there's things going wrong. There's shortages. You know, there's, you know, there's things not going to the Capitol on time. So Katniss knows in her head, something's up in District 3. And on top of this, all of the districts are being collaborative. She goes to different stations throughout the whole time and even tries to, like, brush arms with District 1 and 2 people. Yeah. Like, they're making genuine efforts to be allies. Um, And everyone wants to be her ally because at some point she does archery and she blows them out of the water. Yeah. And it's so funny because, like, during this entire time, it's like the people Katniss have connected with the most are Wyrus, Beatty, and Mags, who's the 80-year-old who volunteered for the girl in District 4. And she's like, great, now I have to tell Hamish that, like, I want these three people of allies and no one sees them as a threat. Like, I don't even see them as a threat. I just like them. I know. There's literally a girl from District 2 who after, or she killed someone in her arena by ripping out their the throat, throat with yeah. her teeth. Katniss is, like, kind of on the fence about alliances. Like, yes. she's, she's like, trying to be open to it, but she's not. Mm-hmm. That's the important he- thing here. Um, but now it's time for scoring. We oh, uh, we really right. we really go through this so fast, and obviously, once again, everyone's called. They're waiting, and then everybody's supposed to be like fifteen minutes, and then the next person's up. But Peta's been in there for forty minutes. Yeah, fifteen minutes goes by, 20, 30, 45, and then they're like, "Okay, Katniss, come in." And then she walks in. She's like, "It reeks of cleaning supplies in here," and there's been a mat just like placed in the middle of the floor, not where it usually would be. So we have no idea what Peta did. Yeah, and. Katniss is like doesn't know, doesn't know what she's gonna do. It's a funny thing that the victors are all like, we don't give a shit, and people are talking about like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna dance, I'm gonna sing. Mag says she's gonna take, take a nap, nap. and I it's love cute, that. yeah. And Katniss, um, she doesn't do any of those joyous things. Instead, she takes one of the dummies and ties a noose, then um, hangs the dummy from the rafters, and then writes the words. Seneca Crane on the dummy and then she's dismissed. Yep. And it's not good because paired with what Peter did, which is he painted Rue in the meadow and the flowers on the ground, uh, they get back to dinner and they both get twelves. Yeah, and Effie and Hamish are like, you idiots. So now this this is a first in the history of the Hunger Games, by the way. Yeah. Um now instead of probably being allies, everyone is going to see them as a huge target. Yeah. And, you know, Katniss and Peta, they go to sleep. They're like, we have coaching all day, and then it's the hang- and then it's the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just, like, want to sleep. But then, luckily for them, coaching gets canceled. So they get to spend just, like, a whole day together. Oh, it's very sweet. It's they really have sweet. a picnic. They hang out. Um, and, yeah, and this is where we kind of see Katniss really fall into those feelings of closeness to Peta. Yes. Yeah, and it's, like, it's weird because it's, like, I never read the way Katniss talks and feels around Peta as, like, a, oh, I really like him. It's that, like, she just genuinely does feel comfortable, like, with his presence. Mm. I I view it very much so as as being in love, but a more a much more mature love. Yeah. I think you have a severe lust for people who might not be the best partner in the end at a yeah. young age. Like, I, like I've said before, it's like, I think her love for Peta is more of, like, a partnership love. Mm. I don't think it's an in love. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but I digress. Uh, they have a cute little roof hang, and... Uh, you know, she like is like kind of reiterating to herself that Peta's life means that the rebellion is working. Yes, and the next day, um, it's interview day. It's interview day. She's getting ready for the interview, and Cinna kind of comes in, and he's being a little aloof. But President Snow has put in an order of the dress that she'll be wearing. It's one of the wedding dresses, the one that won that people voted on, and Cinema seriously says. 
not to raise her arms until she twirls, and then he made some slight altercations. Yeah, and then we get glimpses of these victors' interviews, and these victors are fucking smart. Oh, they're still the fire. They're on. They're on it. They're literally trying to get rises out of the crowd to be like, well, surely we just feel like you know, if nobody wants us to go in, then. Surely there's something the president could do. They're like, can't they change it? I mean, you guys, you love us. And yeah. The people are upset. Well, it's like, yeah, people have changed the rules before. I don't see why we can't change them again. And, and then Katniss comes out in her dress, and it's the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Everyone is crying. People are sobbing. And then Katniss is like, I just really would have wanted you guys to see the dress I was going to wear. And people are like, oh, my God. And then she gets up, and she starts spinning, and she's covered in smoke, and people are now, like, shrieking in horror because this beautiful dress is up in flames. And then when she stops spinning... She's dressed as a mockingjay. She raises her arms and she has wings. Yeah. And it's very beautiful. And then it's Peter's turn. Then it's Peter's turn. And he drops a bomb that they got married in the district. They had a nice little ceremony. Uh, but also the iconic line in the uh, English. I honestly forgot this happened. In the English language we, when he goes, and then there's the baby. Oh, my God. I forgot that this was a plot line that he, like, told everyone she was pregnant. Pause, though, because do people just not give a fuck that she's 17? Like, uh, how does it work here? This is when I realize people don't Hey, care. doesn't matter if you're in love. Not in District 12. <laughs> That's true. Um, but if people weren't in a, a, a tizzy before, there is an absolute uproar from the crowd. People are, like, essentially rioting at this just, like, outlandish thing that they, that has now happened, that they're throwing a pregnant woman into the arena, and she's supposed to be getting married. And then they really send it home, because when they go to bow, already the crowd is going crazy. They are upset. All of the victors join hands. And yeah. it's the first sign of unity since the darkness. And it's there's someone in, like, the booth of the cameras being like, oh, God, shut it down. How do we shut it down? We need to turn this off the TV. And they don't do it in time. They don't. And the programs and the replays, they're cut for the people. Yeah. So there's no more. But if you were watching it live, that's like, you know, when people watch SNL, yeah. there's a fuck bomb dropped live. And immediately, Satisfying. like, you know, it's just kind of like everyone's like, go back to your rooms, games are tomorrow. And um, where was I going? Katniss starts to realize, like, Cinna has said that he channels his emotions through his work because that way he only hurts himself. And she realizes that him doing the Mockingjay was his own act of rebellion. And he's probably fucked himself up a little bit. And she's kind of sad about this, but not trying to think about it. Yeah. I, I mean... She, Why would you want to think about that? It is it is hard. But I, I do... I, I kind of think that she starts to take the weight off of herself a little bit and realize that, you know, for a rebellion to come together, it, it has to be the right moment. And she is that. Yeah. So at this point, to feel sad would just be selfish. Yeah. And because so many people want this. Exactly. And now it's time to get ready for the games. You know, they're hovercrafted to the basement of the arena. She gets a tracker injected into her left arm. Yep. And Cinna comes and gives her this year's outfit, which is like a weird, like, water shoe and That's blue like zip-up jumpsuit. But I pictured it with bell bottoms. Did you? Bell. Like a bell-bottomed wetsuit. I don't know. I pictured it as like a bell-bottomed, like, wetsuit with, like, that's sleeveless. Interesting. I did picture it though, as opposed to how it is in the in the movies. Yeah. I pictured the belt, the purple belt, being so fucking tacky. I pictured it. Do you the remember those like device? toys from like the like late nineties and early two thousands? They were like a jelly like cylinder, and they would sometimes have glitter in them, and then you could like stick your finger in the middle <gasps> of it. Yes. And it was just a cylinder that you could just like shake up and like squeeze, and it was. Just I filled played with, with that goo. way too much to be straight. Yeah. Like, way too much. Because you think... Yeah, yeah. you'd like, you'd like, yeah. you'd like finger it. Yeah. Um, Obviously, it was fun. But that's how I pictured this purple belt. Like, as, like, a fluorescent purple. Oh, that makes a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, because it's, like, because it's described as having, like, a jelly-like material in it. And yeah. I just don't know why I pictured that toy just, like, around someone's waist. No, I, I see the same yeah. thing. I, that's a great way of putting it. And, uh... Oh, man, y'all, because Katniss is like, okay, this outfit's stupid, whatever. She's waiting to go up, and she goes, why haven't we gone up yet? And she has, like, the tube around her, and she's like, come on, let's get these games going. Yeah, she's sealed in, and then all the peacemakers come in, and they hit Cinna hard, and they're just beating the shit out of her. And Katniss is freaking out, because, like, not only was it enough for uh, Victor to have to go back into the arena, and not only 
certainly wasn't enough for her to have to convince Hamish to let Peter go in because he wanted to and convince him to save Peter beside her. And then only was it so much for her to have to see Darius as the Avox. And now, on top of all of it, she has to watch her, like, one of her dearest friends that really understands the person she is, that she doesn't have to explain anything to Cinna ever, get beaten up in front of her a minute before she's going to fight for her life again. I know. Yeah. She keeps it together, though. Yeah. Because, and it's like, it lights a fire in her. It does. Catching fire. The book we're reading. Exactly. (laughs) And the arena, it's, they're in the arena. Yes. And this arena is insane, y'all. Yes. Uh, there's a cornucopia about 40 yards from them, but it's not ground. It's water. Yeah. It's water all around, which uh, sucks because um, unlike the luxury that we have where we can access water and learn how to swim, um, a lot of districts, they, they first don't. of all, they don't have lo- like hobbies. They don't, they are not allowed to. It's not like, oh, it's, it's a weekend. Let's go swimming. <laughs> And they are on these platforms, just, there's no round, uh, the yeah. closest um, ground to them is a 20-yard swim. So they yeah. have to know at least a little bit. It looks um, exactly from an aerial view, like a clock. There's 10 to 12 spokes of land yeah. shooting from an island that the cornucopia is on, and a narrow beach with dense greenery just surrounds them. Yeah. And it's sloped, so it is, like, the whole thing is just perpetually a valley. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And... Alarm sounds, Katniss not messing around. She gets to the cornucopia first. Oh, she swims real fast. And she gets her bow. And not only does she get one bow, she grabs a second one. She turns with the bow and she sees Finnick. And they have a very charming interaction. And Finnick's like, ha ha ha, when did you learn how to swim, Miss Stick Up Your Butt? Yeah, it's very fun. It's very fun. And this is important because she's like, I can kill him right now. And Finnick, like, reaches out for, like, a trident on the ground and goes, well, thank God we're allies. And that's when we see he has the flame bangle that Effie was passing as everyone's token so they could all be a team. And we're and this is when we realize Hamish has made allies for Katniss because she didn't make any for herself. Yep. And she has no time to process this because he says duck and he spears the District 5. Yeah. And before he takes off, he says, don't trust one and two. Yeah, and, like, this is a lot to handle. Because you've already gone in this game being like, well, I guess I don't have any allies. And suddenly you're given one. But you have to kind of ask yourself, do I trust this person? But I feel like I have to now. And this is when I realize. And later on, Finnick and Katniss have a very eye-opening conversation, too. Yeah. But she doesn't even fucking hesitate. She turns around and she sinks an arrow into District 1's calf. And she grabs some knives, too. Like, she's not even considering the ramifications of killing anymore. She just has to. And poor Peta, we finally see him. Bitch can't swim. He's still stranded on his plate. He's stand on his buoy. Finnick says he'll go get him since Katniss shouldn't in her condition and pats her tummy, reminding her, hey, by the way, you're supposed to be pregnant. Yeah, hey, by the way, you're supposed to be pregnant. Like, so, like, tone it down a little bit. (laughs) Tone it down a little bit. Tone it down a little bit. Do you think if Katniss did get killed in this arena, they would sound off two cannons? really funny. <laughs> I would hope so. Uh, would the second one be a little bit more muffled to symbolize it's a small and baby? It would end with a oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her. I was pretty pissed off that Peter couldn't swim. I'll be honest about Honestly, this. you feel like a baker's son swimming's right up his alley. He, you, if we thought he was useless in the first Hunger Games, he is so fucking useless in oh this Oh my god, he is quite literally a bag of flour. He is just, <laughs> he's been a bag of flour in the first games, he's a bag of flour in the second games. This is kind of sad though, because not only is Peta, whatever, trapped, mostly useless person right now, on his plate, but a lot of the other tributes are trapped. Yeah. On their plates. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, Finnick does get PETA, and it's still, like, Katniss is watching this, like, lots of tributes, they ain't going anywhere. No. Um, but they're, like, they got each other, they have Mags in tow, too. I love Mags swimming, because the way they describe it makes her sound like a dog. It's she just, like, looks, and she just sees a gray head bobbing in the water, yeah. they say. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's so funny. And they all like the four of them. They're like, great wolf pack. Let's you know put some distance between us and this now. They head into the jungle. They need water. My favorite thing is Katniss describes this outfit again because I'm so hyper fixated on it. Okay, this yes. is this outfit as like being like, well, it was great for the water because it was like light, but now like walking through the woods, the sweat is just clinging to me. And my immediate thought was yeast infection. Oh no! Because how that's that's exactly the type of fabric you would get a yeast infection from. Oh yeah, how could you not? Could you imagine a cannon a going can off because someone dies from a UTI? Is that no, what you're I was gonna say a sponsor gift, and it's just some like monostat. <laughs> <laughs> like you have to just shove some cream up in your vag. She's she's out hunting and comes back and Peter's like holding an egg tampon yeah. and he's like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> or if you've ever done monostat and it doesn't go right and all like the white goo just like slips, slips out. out. Oh my god. Yeah. Can you imagine being killed in such a vulnerable situation? You're inserting the monostat. You get killed after inserting the monostat and then just as your last body's like excretion, it just like all the white goo just like comes back out. That would be the worst. Oh my God. Well, thank God that. Hey, and once again. We're on one this episode and I'm having a great time with it. If you want us to write that. If you want me to write the fan fiction where Katniss gets a yeast infection. And dies in the middle of dies of a UTI. Hit us up on Instagram or email us. So out in the jungle, she scales a tree and she sees um the just there's just blood running in the water. <laughs> and there's just all these bodies. Yeah, and you know, it basically doesn't spend too much time up there. The entire energy is like, well, that doesn't look good. Yeah, she's reconsidering killing Finnick while she's up there. Yeah. And then she slides down the tree. And I loved this scene because he's also realizing that she is probably considering killing Finnick. I mean, like, I would. And I don't know this guy. They're kind of figuring out in their head who's going to make the first move. Yeah. And then nobody makes the first move because instead, Peter runs into a force field and dies. <laughs> yeah, Peter. <laughs> Peter literally, quite Peter literally so... dies in this arena. I didn't realize how useless he was. I thought it reading it, but I didn't realize it. Until... Which begs the question, <laughs> should... You shouldn't a cannon have went off. When you paint it that way, I imagine these two people really tense. Like their shoulders. And just putzing around. Their shoulders just up. And they aren't blinking. Yeah. And then this person in the background just running as fast as they can. And you just hear like a whoa. They go, noom. And they just go by and they hit the force field and bounce back. Which begs the question, why didn't a cannon go off? PETA was dead. I don't know. And also, okay, I do have to say, in this book, they describe that... After, like, the initial <laughs> fight at the cornucopia. I'm still laughing about that. After the initial fight at the cornucopia, that's when the cannons start going off. But that's not what happened in the first book. It was an all-around, like, mess of just, like, people running and sprinting and cannons going off at the moment someone died. They didn't so, sound like cannons in this one, did they? They did after the fact. Yeah. It was when they were running in the woods, they were like, oh, now's the part where the cannons go off for the bloodbath of the cornucopia. And I was like, no, at the bloodbath of the cornucopia, the corn cannons go off at the exact same time. And I'm talking fast because I care. No, I, I am <laughs> and listening it's, fast it is the because only, I care. It is the only hole I have found in these books, and I'm sure there is more but this one sticks out to me i get that anyway Peta kills himself yeah katniss it kind of sucks it's like the worst possible timing because katniss notices a rippling square hanging like it's like a warped pane of glass yeah just as Peta's knife swings out to slash her. yeah so she's like Peter, no and then he like does it yeah like a insolent child and finnick revives him and something goes through katniss's head as she's like watching like Finnick put his mouth on Peta, and I like to think it's jealousy is what she's feeling. I love it because she does say she's, she's like Finnick goes down for a kiss, and I'm like, you you're not dumb. You yeah. know this is CPR. She's horny. She's getting horny watching Finnick and Peta kiss. She's like, I'm watching these two gays these, kiss, and I yeah. hate it. Uh, and then she realizes like, oh, she's seen this before. He's reviving him. I do love, she is so stressed out about this that she strings a bow to kill Finnick and Finnick just pushes her away. Yeah, like, just like shoves her over. Um, and Peter, Peter's lit, alive again. And Finnick we, we, is, we, we lost him for five pages, folks. Peter, just like Jesus, my Mr. Lazarus has come back and Finnick, I love it, is like gaslighting Katniss and is like, oh, you're just acting like this because you're hormonal. Yeah. It's because of the baby. Yeah, and they're like, okay, uh, bitch, how'd you know about this force field, though? Because we gotta know. 
and she makes up some lie that it's like her surgically constructed ear. She can hear the buzzing because she doesn't want to give away her trick of why she actually can see the force fields. Yeah, she doesn't want to let the capital know that she knows a little bit more than she probably should. Mm, no, not at all. Um, but then, you know, she's leading the pack because she's the one who can hear the force field. And she's, like, throwing little nuts into the force field just to kind of, like, guide them along the way. But then she realizes, like, we're kind of walking in a curved path. Yeah, she scrambles up a tree and she sees that the arena is a perfect circle with a wheel in the middle. The wheel being the cornucopia. And the force field has just trapped them in a circle. Yeah, so the force field, they're just walking in circles at this point. Yeah, but they've been walking for a while, so they just choose a campsite that's, like, ten yards below the force field. Yeah, and these people are thirsty. Yeah, they're not doing too hot. They have no water. But I have to say, Finnick and Mags are doing excellent in the wild. They're, like, weaving, like, vines together and, like, fronds to make, like, a roof for them. I did. This was the only time that I wondered what District 4 looked like because they do say Annie won her games by a dam broke. Yeah. And it flooded the entire arena, and she just stayed stayed afloat. The longest, So what does their district look like? Is it just all water? It's just all houseboats. I mean, I mean, I feel yes. like it's just like it's mostly water. Yeah, probably. Where on the map was District Four? That's a great question, and I don't know. You pull that up because I'm gonna talk about our first sponsor gift of the games. Yay! And these thirsty bitches, they get a spile as a gift, and uh, Katniss deduces that it's you know a, a spile is something that you get sap from trees, and she has you know a brain blast and realizes there must be water in the trees. She has a brain blast. Yeah, exactly. And so they all start drinking water. They're like, oh, let's turn in for the night. Katniss is watching, like, the horizon. She sees some rain, but it's, like, far off, not quite coming her way. And then she starts to see some lightning. And the lightning's going off and off, but it's not coming near them still. We also learned that the cannons have indicated that eight people are dead. Yes. The man from District 5, the man from 6, both from 8, 9, the woman from 10, and Zoe Kravitz from District 11. Damn, I really thought she was going to be, like, a character since she gave us that information, but... I was shocked. I guess not. I guess not. Also, it looks like District 4 is in the stretch of land um, between Mexico and America. Like, I would say it's Texas, but I don't think it's Texas. It's, like, the bottom half of California and... But also the t- oh, northern that's weird. Mexico. It's like it's like bot. It looks like there's an extra piece of land there. I know it is very strange. Huh? Interesting. Anyway, um, it's near water is what I've learned. It is near water. We have learned. <laughs> um, but then uh, after this lightning stops, Kevin slowly starts to see some fog coming towards them, and she's like, "Hmm, that's a little weird." It looks like it has tendrils that like curl around, and yeah. even worse, the fog is making them blister. Yeah, and so Katniss is immediately like, "Y'all, we gotta run," and she does have the impulse to abandon Peta because it'd be easy to do so. And she reflects on, "Hmm, I had this same impulse in the end of the Hunger Games when the mutts, the little dogs, were coming after us, making us be like, okay." Katniss, you can just say you don't like Peta that much. You could just, yeah. You can just say you appreciate having a companion. Exactly. You can, you know. Yeah. But she goes back for him, um, which is good because it's also attacking their nerves, so they can't control their legs. And he has he has a prosthetic leg, so he's already... Also, they do emphasize a lot in this book that Peta is slow and loud, <laughs> but he was just training so much. Like, why didn't he get faster? I don't know. Um, But, you know, it gets to a point where Finnick is carrying Peta, Katniss is carrying Mags, uh, and they're just trying to run from this fog that's, like, making their limbs just, like, dance about wildly. Yes. Uh, and I don't think they did that in the movie because I think it would be, like, weirdly funny in the movie if somebody was just like limbs were just like spazzing out like they were it dancing would, really hard it would remind me of that monty python funny yeah that's exactly it so i think they did have to abandon that for the movie but uh i see why they're getting chemical blisters finnick and katniss they're switching off taking care of megs or Peta. they're yeah. alternating and carry. but finally katniss gets to a point where she she her own body is giving up and she cannot carry mags anymore yeah she's losing control of her arms and she's like finnick can you carry both of them and he thinks about it for just a split second and goes no i cannot carry both of them and mags without missing a beat she just 
like salutes everybody and just runs into the fog. Yeah, it's very it's sad. It's so sad. He turns to her and says, I can't carry them. And she kisses him on the mouth and then just turns around and walks into it. And it says that her body's convulsing and she dies. Ugh. And Karen goes off and I'm literally crying again. Because the actress who plays her in the movie looks like my mom, and I thought about it all the time when I came out. It was so good. Mags' death is so, like, uh, it's so well-written and so powerful, because it's just so, it, it's, like, both so confusing and makes perfect sense when you're reading it. It's just so, that's why, it's just so good. And, you know. It's not only getting their limbs, it's invading their minds, too. Yeah. Um, but they get back down to the water, and Katniss, you know, did, learns that the salt water will remove the fog. So they all take turns kind of just, like, sitting and, like, regaining their muscles, and, like, their faces are uh, not drooping anymore. And a very interesting thing happens here, because the fog stops moving, and it looks like it hits a barrier before it starts going up a wall, an invisible wall. Yeah. Like, it's reached the end of its territory, and there's something keeping it from pervasing where they yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as if this wasn't, you know, stressful enough that they have all these blisters that they have to remove, um, they suddenly start to see that there's a lot of monkeys watching them. Yeah. It's, it, oh, man, what a terrible time. Finnick, uh, Finnick has gotten the worst of it. Finnick yeah. was basically, like, immobilized. And they just start feeling better when... They send PETA, they go, they say, go tap a tree with your spile, and Finnick and Katniss go up to meet with PETA, but they feel an overwhelming presence from above, and they notice there's a lot of large monkeys, and they're described as being half the size of a human, and they are now positioned everywhere. Did you ever picture it, like, when there's, like, a bunch of, like, like, hundreds of vultures on a tree... And they're all just, like, on those branches watching over. Like, I pictured, like, a comical amount of monkeys watching over them. Like, 50. Yeah. And they would probably And they were all, like, sitting side by side by side. And to the point where it's, like, they would all be sitting on a branch and it would be, like, slightly weighed down. That's mm. what I started picturing. That's a good way of picturing them. Um, Cadmus is trying to signal to PETA to come slowly to them because if he notices a monkey, if you make eye contact with a monkey, even I know this. Yeah. Um, they're gonna attack. They're gonna freak out. And well, PETA starts to slowly come, but then he notices the monkeys, and then the monkeys just d- d- annihilate. Oh, they all start attacking, and they're, they're the trio is trying their best. They yeah. form a triangle with like their backs to each other. Um, Katniss runs out of bows, though, and as a monkey is kind of barreling towards Peeta, and she has no defense, she's like, I'm just going to throw myself in the way of him. I'm just going to push him out of the way. Before she can do that, a morphling from District 6 tackles the monkey that's about to hit Peeta. And the monkey sinks his little teeth into this poor District yeah. 6 girl. And then that, like, kind of starts to ward off the monkeys, essentially. They start to dissipate. Um, and they, then yeah. PETA ends up talking this morphling to her death. It's very, very sweet. It was really sweet, and I did write down that I want to read him talking, because this is the first person who's, like, truly made a sacrifice for him. Yeah. Um, this is a very big deal, but Katniss doesn't know how to calm her down, and once they've moved her body to the beach, um, she wants to do something like when she's saying rude to sleep, essentially. And instead, Peta starts talking and is holding her head, the morphling's head, and says, With my paint box at home, I can make every color imaginable. Pink, as pale as a baby's skin, or as deep as rhubarb. Green, like spring grass. Blue, that shimmers like ice on water. The morphling stares into Peta's eyes, hanging on to his words. One time I spent three days mixing paint until I found the right shade for sunlight on white fur. You see, I kept thinking it was yellow, but it was much more than that. Layers of all sorts of color, one by one. Um, the morphling's breathing is slow, slowing into shallow catch breaths. Her free hand dabbles in the blood on her chest, making the tiny swirling motion, motions she so loved to paint with. I haven't figured out a rainbow yet. They come so quickly and leave so soon. I never had enough time to capture them, just a bit of blue here or purple there, and then they fade away again back into the air. Says Peta, the morphling seems mem- mesmerized by Peta's words and trance. She lifts up a trembling, trembling hand and paints what I think might be a flower on Peta's cheek. Thank you, he whispers. That looks beautiful. And then she dies. Yeah, it's really sweet. It was really sweet. Yeah. And so they're kind of just like, kind of like, what just happened? Finnick is also still like reeling from Mags' death. Um, but then they get a sponsor gift, which is some ointment that's going to help these scabs that they're getting from the, the, the fog blisters. Um, oh, and then they God. also get some bread, which is nice. 
They do. They get some bread from District 4, and it's perfect because Finnick has just gotten them, like, a ton of shellfish. So they kind of have a little bit of a feast, and the District 4 bread is a little bit salty. Yeah. Which, uh, I guess... They wanted for some reason. She's like, I love the salty bread, even though I have a yeast infection. <laughs> and this hot, sweltering uh, damn. Put more salt in my body. Anyway, off in the distance, we see um, Joanna and two people, and they're just red. Their skin is red. Yeah, they're straight up like acrylic paint red. Yeah. Covered in um, just stained. And Finnick rushes over to them, and they have no choice but to follow. Yeah. Uh, she is with the people from District 3. Virus keeps saying TikTok um, because, I don't know, maybe she's an influencer. Yeah, and Joanna... Maybe she misses it. Joanna's annoyed as fuck, and she's like, well, here you go, Katniss. I got these crazy people for you. And Katniss is like, what are you talking about? Joanna shoves Virus because she's so annoyed of her saying TikTok, and Katniss is like, stop, and she slaps. And Joanna slaps her. Yeah. Yeah, she, she does. Rules. Um, and... We learn here that Mags was Finnick's mentor, which, like, just makes the death hit, like, all over again. And Joanna reveals that she teamed up with Virus and Beattie because Hamish said if she paired with them for you, then, like, she'd be in her. And Katniss is very confused about what this means. That doesn't, yeah. she doesn't really get what's going on, but it's their problem now. Joanna's like, I'm going to bed. Yeah. I'm done. And uh, Katniss is with Virus, and all Virus is saying is TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. And, you know, Katniss is being a good sport. She's like, yes, TikTok. TikTok, of course, Virus. Uh, yes, uh, the app. And then it finally dawns on Katniss what Virus is trying to say. The arena is a clock. And, and this is great because some of the hours we've figured out, it every every section is a wedge and it has a different catastrophic thing some of them are monkeys the tsunami wave fog electric forest yeah blood rain yeah and then she starts to remember her conversation with plutarch at the um capital ceremony when he very like suspiciously pulled out his watch that had a mockingjay on it and she was like Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Why, why Riss at this point indicates that this whole cycle starts at midnight, and Katniss was wondering now if Plutarch was signaling that to her when he himself said it starts at midnight when yeah. he showed the Mockingjay. Yeah. But now's the time. They're like, we have to make a map so we understand, like, what we're looking at. They're out at the cornucopia, and they start to kind of, you know, make headway when Gloss and Cashmere... Um, and Brutus and you know Baria, the careers they show up, and it's it's not great. No, so Lyris is down, kind of cleaning the coil near the water, and as they're piecing together what sections of this island go off, the birds stop singing, and Katniss knows that something's wrong. So she turns and, uh, without missing a beat, fires an arrow right into Gloss's temple. As he slits Virus' throat. Yeah. Two cannons, baby. Boom, Two boom, cannons. Boom, boom. Boom, And um, Cashmere also dies. I don't remember how. Joanna, Joanna buries her axe into classic. chest. Um, and before this fight can continue anymore, this cornucopia just starts spinning like an amusement park ride. Yeah. Candace describes this as this whole interaction goes on for about two minutes before the cornucopia is spinning really fast and this is kind of a bummer because some people don't know how to swim Finnick yeah. has to go out into the water and get beady yeah and then you know the, the the spinning stops and they're all kind of making their way back to the beach away from the spins and Katniss is starting to realize these other victors are helping keep PETA alive and she doesn't really deduce what that means, but she's just like, why are they doing this? Yeah, she is hella sus. Like, why are they... They're not only keeping him alive, they're putting his life above their own. Yeah. But back at the cornucopia that just happened, Finnick took one of Brutus's, like, knives to his calf. Yeah. And so she cannot figure out what is going yeah, on. Yeah, but no time to think about it. They gotta get back into the woods. And, you know, they're walking, force field time, and then Katniss hears screaming, but she knows who's screaming, mm -hmm. and she realizes it's her sister. Yeah, while Joanna and Peta and Beattie are back at the beach, her and Finnick went to go look for water, and she looks up to see a Jabberjay is mimicking yeah. Prim's voice. And Finnick, like, comes to her and is like, what the fuck is going on, Katniss? 
And she goes, it's a Jabberjay. Like, they, they like, mocked my sister's voice. And before Finnick can be like, oh, that's so weird, he hears his own and starts screaming for Annie. And then we start to realize that this is the Jabberjay hour where people are just mocking their loved ones, getting tortured and screaming. Yeah, and she goes to reassure Finnick, like, hey, buddy, it's okay. They're just mimicking a voice. And Finnick's like, they have to get that voice from somewhere what do you think they're doing they're probably torturing these people yeah and they're like trying to get back to the rest of their group and then they find that there's like an invisible wall between them and so they just have to sit and listen to this for a full hour yeah th- so they are just on their knees um covering their little freaking ears yeah and at this point a ton of jabber jabber jays have showed up we got gail prim mom yeah it's not a good hour it's to not say a good the hour. least um and <laughs> Then they're off again, you know. Peta's very reassuring at this moment because he's like, Katniss, they can't, like, they, they can't kill these people because, or hurt these people because, like, they need you. And if they do that, they're never going to get what they want out of you. Yeah, he explicitly says that they couldn't kill or torture the people in their lives because they also have to interview the families of the final eight tribute. Yeah. So they have to look presentable. And be alive, you know? Yeah. I know, and then, like, uh, Joanna has a really great moment here, and she's like, oh, of course Peter's right. The whole country adores Katniss's little sister. If they really killed her like this, they'd probably have an uprising on their hands. Don't want that, do they? Uh, whole country in rebellion wouldn't want anything like that. I love Joanna's character so much because she, and Katniss is like, Joanna, what are you saying? Because it's like, that's the first time anyone's, like, directly said, like, oh, no, this could cause... A rebellion! Yeah, Katniss is like, Joanna, stop. And she's like, I... And then she goes to go get water, and she's like, do not go in there. There's Jabber Jays. And she's like, I'm fine. They've. She's like, no one I love is so alive. Yeah, Janet Meaning Joanne's that they probably... She's done something to indicate that uh, her family has gotten killed by yeah. the capital, essentially. Very sad. Which sucks. Um, But then they get some sponsor roles from District 3. They get 24 roles. They get 24 rolls, and we also realize that now there's seven alive. There's the five of them. Yeah. Um, there's Chaff, and they just say District 2 is alive. So I don't know if... I think that's Brutus? I, I thought... Okay. Is it Brutus? I didn't know if it was both of them or if it Maybe was one person. I don't know. But even worse, and dying to know what this is, they see a hovercraft collect another body in a different part of the jungle that was just ripped apart. The body's in different parts of the We never learn what that hour hour is. Dying to know what it is. Dying to know what it is. Um, But now it's time to turn in for the night, and, you know, Katniss is laying with Peeta, and Peeta shows her his necklace, and he opens it, and it's actually a locket, and it's of Gail and her family. Because he really wants to convince her that she's the one who needs to get out of this arena. Yep, and this is when I realized, uh, I texted Laura that anyone who is Team Gale is essentially always, and will be dead to me. He says, I know Hamish promised both of us that we could save the other one, but if you die and I live, there's no life for me back at District 12. You're my whole life. Uh, and she's like, well, no, I, I need you. I need you. And they have a very sincere and sweet kiss that yeah. leaves her, quote, wanting more. Uh-oh, and she's had one of those before with him. It's just been almost a year since it. <laughs> it's, I know, seriously. Yeah, and then, you know, on they get even more roles the next day, which begs the question, what the fuck is up with these roles? I don't know. They're getting, Which is kind of nice. If they're, like, Hawaiian buns, I would not. Honestly, that's kind of how I thought they would be, because they were described as so small. I would, too. Yeah. Um, but Pete... Peteness. Peta and Katniss are at a point where, like, Katniss is like, I think we should break off from the group before we get too attached. And Peta's like, no, let's stay. They agree to stay until Brutus and Inobaria are out. Yes. Uh, BD explains that he's going to set a snare, and this is how they are going to kill Brutus and Inobaria. I always read it Alphaba. Okay. I don't know why. Because of Wicked. Yes. And he explains the snare he's set and is going to set, and they realize the victors are probably hiding nearby. Um, They're not visible on the beach, but they can't be all the way in the jungle because of the stupid fucking clock. Yeah. So they're probably just on the edge of the jungle watching them. He says if they run the wire from the tree, the electric tree in the electric forest, down to the sea, it will shock the entire beach when it's still damp from the 10 p.m. wave. Yes. And so now they, you know, they have nothing... 
but time they gotta try it. There's no there's no other solution essentially. And also they say at this point there yes there is no other solution, but they've only been in here for about like three days. Yeah, and they're like it's a new record. It's down to six people. Yeah, that's already, never basically. happened before. Yeah. Um and. Joanna and Katniss are the two elected to start running the wire around the arena. From the tree, you know, up into the ocean. Um, And, yeah, so they team up to do this. And I like this because I feel like Joanna and Katniss are very similar in a way. But Peta and Katniss are a little uneasy about this. Peta says he wants to go, but BD says you're too slow. Like, you're too slow. The girls need to go and run it down there. Um, and also they can't come back into the lightning zone. So I don't, I don't know where Peter would be at this time, but they need to go to the 1am to the 2am sector. So her and Peter are going to be split up for a while. Yeah. And th- th- they go for it. They really try, you know, they're running, they switch places at one point. So like one of them's holding the wire, the other one's covering for them. But then something happens with the wire and they can tell it's been cut. Yes, and after Katniss realizes it's been cut, something huge hits her left temple, and there's also, there's something wrong with her eye. And then Joanna's pinning her down, and she's just ripping something out of her flesh. And yeah. she's like, okay, well, Joanna is Joanna's trying to kill me, and Joanna's just like, shut up and stay down. And Katniss, of course, injured beyond repair at this point, is like, this person's just trying to murder me. Um, but then Joanna and the Creers are off into the woods. Katniss, a bleeding mess, uh, just gets up trying to find Peta and just is like collapsing into trees, yelling she's out vomits. for him. Yeah, she is not in good shape. She bandages her arm with moss and she finally gets a grip on uh, her bow, which when Finnick comes barreling down and she kind of hides and he is looking for Joanna. So he goes in the other way of Joanna and the Creers. Yeah. As a cannon goes off, and she re- she thinks at this point that she's intertwined in one of Finnick's nets, but it's not a net, it's Beatty's wire, and she's very confused as to why it is where she is. Yeah, and she has to, like, untangle herself from the wire, but then she also notices that Beatty's, like, on the ground, and he's also been injured nearby. Yes, and he's holding a knife that Peta had earlier and is tying the wire around it, so he's trying to do something, but he's, like... Very clearly in pain, moaning. And um, this whole time she's kind of realizing that the real world lies right behind the force field. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she hears PETA calling her. And she yells louder because she wants to get people away from PETA, who is screaming. Yeah. Because he is not the smartest. No. (laughs) He's not. He's a bag of flowers. He's a sweetie. He's a little sweetie. And then Katniss in her, you know, blood-losing brain hears Hamish's voice saying, remember who the enemy is. And she suddenly realizes that BD is trying to use the lightning to break the force field. And she, in the nick of time, ties the wire to her bow and breaks the force field. She shoots it at the sky and she dissolves that baby. And then she passes out. And she is blown back. And then a lot of things are happening in her day's mind. She sees like the claw of a hovercraft coming for her. My immediate thought would be like, am I dead? Did I die? Yes, I would too. And you know, she gets up on the hovercraft and Plutarch is there and he closes her eyes. <laughs> ominous. Ominous. And then she gets up and then, you know, a, a few times throughout the course of hours, days, weeks, we don't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes she's trying to claw the things that are in her arms. She's suddenly strapped to the table. We don't, we're not thinking good things for our girl Katniss. She is convinced that the Capitol has taken her and she is like, Peta's here. And I, if, if the Capitol has taken us, they are going to torture us and make our death slow. So she grabs a syringe and she is like, I will kill him mercilessly. And, I'm, yeah. and we're like, yes, kill your love. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and she also sees Beatty, like, across the way, like, strapped into, like, a And she's like, I'll kill him machine. later. <laughs> yeah. But she walks down a few corridors, and then she starts to hear the voices of Hamish, Plutarch, and Finnick. And, you know, she, like, j- jumps into the room, and Hamish is like, what are you going to do with a syringe? Like, you're not going to kill anybody with that. Yeah, he's like, are you done being difficult now? And then finally explains to her that there was a plan this whole time to break them out since the claw was announced. Three, four, six, seven, eight, and 11, all those districts had varying degrees of knowledge on it. Plutarch has been a part of an undercover group to overthrow the capital for years. Most districts are, at this point, in full-scale rebellion. Plutarch planted the wire for Beatty to blast them out, and the number of rules indicated the hour and time of rescue, and on top of it all, 
District 13 is alive. Yeah. Big, pl- big, big plot twist here. A lot to take in. And, yeah. And, you know, the main thing here is everybody agreed to die to save Katniss because... Like it or not, she is the face of the rebellion, and without her, people don't have a, a, a face to the cause. Hamish says, while you live, the revolution lives, and also reveals, unfortunately, that Joanna and Peter were picked up by the Capitol. And it is also very important, because at this point, he basically says that they are prioritizing Katniss over Peta. They have to keep her alive, because she is the rebellion, and essentially people only were letting Pete uh, live because if he died, she was going to break off the alliances. Yeah. Which is very sad. Very sad. And we also learned that Joanna was cutting out her tracker in her arm. Yes. Um, But Katniss, rightfully so, pissed. Um, And she's freaking out. She's freaking out. And, you know, Phoenix, you know, also kind of in distress because Annie is not safe. Um, But then, I don't know where Gail comes and greets her. Yeah, and she's how the book ends. She's completely stopped eating and drinking at this point. Um, but Gail's at her bed, and he he also has he has a bad face burn, and his arm is in a sling, mm-hmm. indicating there's something up. She asks about Prim and her mom, and he says they're okay. I got them out in time. And she's like, "What do you mean they got you got them out in time?" And she learns after the games they sent in planes and they dropped five bombs, and there's no more District Twelve. Dun dun dun. Where that's it. That's the end of the book. This is a longer episode. I'll try to cut some things out. But maybe I won't. Who we'll knows? We'll try to cut. Honestly, I feel like people, we did, and people like listening to the podcast. They like listening to the podcast. And you guys. They can make it into two parts if they want to. You've seen the movies. You know this one was going to be long. Yeah. We love this one so much. And we're so glad that you listened to this episode and you've been listening to this podcast. I'm so excited to read Mockingjay, but I'm also kind of dreading it because I know it's so tedious at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess we're going to see you next week for that. Um, before we go, Maggie, I want to ask, what do you think the worst part of the clock was? <gasps> like what? The yeah. What's section? the worst section of the clock? Well, you know, uh, it sucks that we never, and I'll look it we up. We don't know all of it. Yeah. I will look up and that will be our treat for next time. I'll figure out what the one that ripped the guy apart is. Cause I that think that's like the worst one. That would be the worst Cause other one. ones you can escape, but that one you're gone. The other ones you can escape. But honestly, I mean, the monkeys kind of sound like they would rip you apart too. Yeah. Unless you had a team of three. Covering your butt. I think, you know, my, for some reason, but I don't get why I was going to say the blood rain, but I think I will go with the monkeys. Yeah, I think that I would like uh, the blood rain out of all of them the most, because it can't kill you. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Also, because the electric force, I was like, what is that? I don't know. I don't know. It's a it's a festival. Uh, it is. <laughs> uh, well, awesome. Well, that's going to be it for this episode. As always, we are part of the Audiment Podcast Network. Listen to them for other podcasts. Uh, you're going to like them. A lot of our friends are there. Uh, also, follow us at Maggie and Laura on Instagram. Watch our web series, See You in Hell, on YouTube. Follow us at Yowie Reddit on Twitter. Did I miss something? No. That's it. it. Those are the things we want to tell you. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week. You were just listening to an Audiment podcast.